from Practically Culture. The guys who brought you Logan's mini TV reviews. I'm your host, Logan Bow, podcasting from Brooklyn. And Bob's mini movie reviews. I'm joined by the one, the only Bob Caswell in the Bay Area. How are you, Bob? I'm great. How are you? Introducing a new mini podcast. Oh, hanging out. You know me. Nice. Practically Culture Masters of Sex. A new mini podcast devoted to recapping every episode of Masters of Sex Season 1. Masters of Sex, Bob. We have a brand new pilot to watch. Um, And, you know, it's always hard to judge what a season's going to be like based on the pilot. But uh, so far I was impressed. What's your initial reaction to Masters of Sex after one episode here? Yeah, very promising. Uh, I had some... I want to call them minor issues, and mostly it's just that it's been only one episode. It could be that I'm going to get all these things resolved soon enough. Um, on the one hand, it was like pretty briskly paced, and we we started from the beginning of these two characters uh, meeting up and becoming the premise of the show, which maybe I should let you give an intro. But uh, And then we just moved, bam, right into like lots of people are having sex and we're studying it, and it's only <laughs> ten minutes into the episode. I'm like, whoa, whoa. We 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 uh, had dinner and drinks really fast, um, and uh, so that was a little jarring because I was uh, maybe I'm just getting off of Breaking Bad where you know this would have been two seasons worth this one episode um, in Breaking Bad, <laughs> but then there were some other things that weren't developed enough that I almost wanted more of even though I'm complaining right now for of it being almost too fast, uh, like for instance I wanted to see the. the instead of them just talking about the science, I wanted to hear and see the science instead of like, we're mm-hmm. doing all this because of science. Let me re- reiterate that. You know, it's good because of science. And it's like, yeah, you just say it louder. It doesn't help me. I, what, what, are you, what are you solving? Tell me more. Well, uh, let me see if this helps uh, satisfy you a little bit. It may or may not. Um, so keep in mind, this is like the first study of this kind and we've had 60 years since then. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they were talking about like the stages, and it was so cool. We, we had the stages from excitement to plateau to orgasm to refractory period. Like, whoa! But that oh. was the state-of-the-art science in 1953, or 56, where, 1956. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that helps at all. That was the science, the state-of-the-art at that point. Does that do it oh. for you at all? I don't know. Hmm. Not so much. I was I was thinking like... Um, how do the wires attached to the body um, make you come up with that as your conclusion? Is is maybe I'm I'm being too much of a nerd, and I I you know like in not to keep referencing Breaking Bad, but even Breaking Bad was was sort of um, making shit up, and this show doesn't have to because it's kind of based on reality <laughs> more. But like Breaking Bad, how the meth came to be pure and the blue stuff and uh, Walt's formula. There's just a lot of meticulous, really well-crafted backstory to how that came to be, whereas I'm just getting one word thrown at me over and over again. It's science. It's science. And and then we have results to, you know, like what you just said, which, but why? Why is that important? What what? Why is that science? What what am I missing? And, and I know this is just the first episode. I, that's just where I'm. I'm excited to see where they go with it, I guess. Okay, well, I think that's fair. I mean, probably... It's tempting for the writers just to to, to um, rely on the fact that it's sort of salacious, uh, titillating material without having yeah. to necessarily give us uh, to to connect the dots. Right. Yeah. And I remember one scene specifically when they're trying to convince the is it the provost or the dean or what's the title the main dude. Sully. Um, I have yeah, written down Sully and he's the boss. I guess. Sully the I boss. Know. 
Yeah, yeah. And Virginia's like, um, what does what does she say? We we've we found out that women can have multiple orgasms, and it's just like like blurts it out, and it's like, what? what okay. <laughs> Cool. Why is your like, system talking to me still? Yeah, exactly. And although that was sexist and, you know, that's a portrayal of the time, I still had would have said it differently. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we sort of jumped in there. Um, I, I don't know if anyone needs the premise, but it's about Masters and Johnson, the uh, seminal um, sex researchers at Washington University in St. Louis. Um, you know, Masters, I guess we... We show, or it shows us that he's this amazing baby doctor, um, obstetrician, I guess. He uh, he saves someone who would have died without him being there because he's so amazing. Um, and then Ginny Johnson, Ginny is uh, how she comes to be called soon. She's just a pull herself up by the bootstraps kind of person who's got a couple kids and and just trying to make things happen. Um, and she finagles her way onto his team to be an assistant because the prostitute he's working with keeps telling him, you need a woman, otherwise you're not going to get anywhere. And then, of course, we see Ginny has a great answer to the question, why would a woman fake an orgasm? She says, well, <laughs> to get them out of climax quickly so she can get back to whatever it was she would rather be doing. And uh, that pretty much starts their uh, collaboration. And we know from history it'll be a long-lasting collaboration. Um, yeah, but it's risky at first, right? Because I guess they deal with this all in the premise or in the in the pilot here. But at first, um, no one is approving this, so they're doing it secretly, and other doctors are taking bets on what's going on in there. But then that scene you were talking about, they try to say, "No, you have to, uh, you have to approve this." They finally get them to approve it, and now they're on board, ready to go. They're recruiting people. Um, I think it's interesting they're recruiting married people to have sex for science. I'm surprised that in 1956 they feel like they can ask people that, but maybe maybe they can. Yeah, well, and that's that's kind of speaks to the the rushed nature of the pilot, but I think there's probably a lot more coming um, throughout the series. But uh, not only are they asking married people to have sex, they're asking married people to have sex with other people, like not with themselves or not with in the the, you know, in the construct of the marriage, so to speak, which would have been really important in the 50s, but they're asking people who they think would be promiscuous to have sex with other promiscuous people so they could observe, which I guess makes sense. That's who you'd go to first, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Why not? <laughs> um, so as a pilot, you know, you sort of you sort of try to predict the future based on what you see. This mm -hmm. is obviously going to be about um, Masters and Johnson, um, and I cannot believe that I don't have the guy who plays Masters written down here. I Michael have no Sheen. Name. Michael Sheen, that sounds like it. Uh, but what do you think about him and uh, him playing Bill Masters? I think he's a great actor, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job off off the bat. Like, I have no issues there. Um, I, you might have something more nuanced to say, because I, I could jump straight into Lizzie Kaplan, which I feel like is a little... Sounds great. Michael Sheen seems promising. Lizzie Kaplan is sort of the uh, the shining star so far of this. Yeah, and she's she's almost a little bit of a wild card. Uh, maybe, maybe that's the wrong term, but she has more to prove, in my opinion, and not just because she's younger and newer, but because... And maybe this is unfair, but I've seen her in a lot of movies, not a lot, but a few, and she's played like way less complicated and nuanced rule. We're talking like high school, you know, comedy girls. And stuff. Isn't she in Mean Girls? Yeah, I think she's in Mean Girls, and then she's in that other one with Michael Sarah. I feel like she's in tons of Michael Sarah movies. <laughs> That's kind of the impression I have in my mind, and so I see her as like a 
like a, a woman with two kids as a go-getter, almost entrepreneur type. And then Party uh, Down. Did you watch Party Down? Yeah, she was in Party Down. And actually, she, she became more likable to me anyway uh, after seeing her in Party Down. Um, yeah. I don't mean to be so down on Lizzie Kaplan. I, she, she's doing pretty well, but she's it's just not as... Um, it's not as much of a slam dunk as it was with Michael Sheen. Yeah, fair enough. I, but I also think she's got sort of a, a better role to play in, in a certain way. Um, you know, it's, it's not as great of a time for women in 1956, but if you are a particular woman who is living in this man's world but trying to pull herself up by her bootstraps and trying to navigate things, know when to, to, to press an issue, know when to keep your head down, uh, it's really complex uh, circumstances you have to navigate in. And I think that she, so far, after one episode, is proving herself up to the task of uh, being a woman navigating in that uh, in that environment. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree with that. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, oh, the one other thing, which I guess is going to be a big part of the show when they decided to squeeze it into the pilot, um, at the end... Bill says that uh, he and Ginny should undertake the research themselves. Yeah, that was a big, uh, whoa, way to end the pilot. And she's like, can you give me the weekend to think about it? Um, now, it, it, I had to, like, rethink it through my head, the logic. And I, and I think I'm good with it. Like, it makes sense, this whole transference idea of, so let me see if I can explain it, and you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the idea is, is that they're going to be watching a lot of people have sex, um, and they could uh, project their feelings towards towards those people or somehow get connected to each other or those people because that's just a natural biological tendency. But if they were to have sex with each other and observe each other that way and do it scientifically, then that's like jumping the gun and that's like the most, there's, there's nothing left to be revealed or, or to be titillating in terms of the work that they're trying to accomplish. Um, so then it would make it so that they could have less of that transference problem and focus on the science, which I'm so concerned about. Did that? Yeah, did, did I, I, think I, do that okay? sounds, I think that sounds uh, more or less right. I mean, to to give background from my point of view, no, no, transference is um is something that psychology, the therapists talk about. You know, a lot of times when when a therapist is uh you know is working with someone closely and intimately, um something will come up for the, the client to where, um, you know, feelings that they have toward like a mother or a lover or something get transferred and placed on, on the therapist. And so, um, so it just can get very, very uh, emotionally charged for it, for the, the, uh, the client. Um, that's what I'm usually thinking of when I think of, um, of transference. Now it seems that he is trying to say that there's a transference here that will be, since they're watching people have sex, um, that it'll be sort of like the opposite way. So they, as the researchers, will start to develop, uh, will start to transfer their feelings of of um, of, uh, of sexual desire towards their their research objects. Um, and so if they just give that outlet, uh, give that an outlet with each other, then that'll be a way of uh, taking that out of the equation, and they can be more objective. Mm, yeah, I think, yeah. I can't decide if that's, you know, a really smart thing to do or if it's just 
his cure for blue balls um, because I'm going to get super turned on and I'm going to need someone to bone. And as we've seen, uh, I'm totally unknown to my wife. So yeah, um, maybe it's actually a little bit of both. Maybe it is smart, but also um, selfish too. Yeah, do we want to talk about that for a second? His relationship with his wife and the whole creepy 1950s, you know, calling your husband daddy. <laughs> oh yeah, she does call him daddy, and she, uh, yeah, we may as well uh, bring that in before here. So there's also great irony, right, that he's this amazing fertility baby doctor, and his wife can't get pregnant. Um, right. But we learn, of course, by his assistant who checked his own file, that his own sperm count is practically nothing. So it's uh, it's him. Um, but yeah, his uh, his heart doesn't seem in it, even though his wife puts out candles, makes souffle, calls him daddy, and she also says a little prayer before they uh, try to conceive. Um, it's kind of creepy. <laughs> and she like, if you look at her face, like they did it on purpose. She like looks like 20. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she does look young. Um, she says maybe we could look into each other's eyes sometime. <laughs> um, anyway, and then. It's interesting that that uh, she comes in to have this this uh, fertility treatment. It's like, oh, it can't be me. Uh, it has to be my assistant. She's like, wait, so I'm the one who has to follow the rules, and you're the one who gets to do what you want. Which I have a feeling that'll be some foreshadowing. Um, right, and and it, another thing the the show just sort of skipped over is that um, both uh, Virginia Lizzie Kaplan's character and and Michael Sheen's character Masters. They both don't have trouble or take a long time to decide that uh, the, promiscu- the the sleeping around is isn't a big deal to them, and maybe that's just who they are and their personality. And she wants the weekend to think about it, but we already have plenty of backstory that you know she's been married twice, she's sleeping with another guy, and I'm not that there's anything wrong with any of this, but in the 1950s. Wow, you can't make this stuff up. It's it's so crazy. It's true, right? I guess they were in the right place at the right time, and they both felt the same way. Um, but I didn't see that interplay for as fast-paced as it was. I didn't quite understand why they were so displaced from how people in the 1950s would normally act. Yeah, it. I agree. It seemed really odd, almost to the point where it made me question: Was the 1950s maybe not quite how I imagined? I mean, we look at <laughs> Don, Roger, and Mad Men, uh, and it's just basically, you know, no one cares if men sleep around. I don't know if that's an accurate picture, but but maybe it is. So maybe he thinks it's fine because his wife has to follow the rules and he doesn't. Um, or maybe it is really, uh, uh, really out of the blue. I I don't know. I can't can't quite decide, and I hope that becomes a little bit clearer okay. for those of us who weren't around in 1956. Yeah, tell us if you were. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anything else you want to say about the pilot, Bob? Uh, it's a good good show so far. Looking forward to it. I'm um, I might have been critical here in some aspects, but really I'm just excited to see where it goes, uh, and I'm hoping that a lot of these things develop further. And I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's really promising, especially because um, you know it's got the Showtime premium cable. Let's show plenty of sex, but at the same time, there's a lot more to it than just the sex. Uh, like all these relationships that are developing, complex love triangles. Um, things like that, and uh, it's got a couple of great performances, and in particular, Lizzie Kaplan is is showing real promise, and I'm excited to see where it goes. All the critics, by the way, say that it gets even better as it goes on, and it's the best show of the fall. So let's uh, let's hope. All right, sounds exciting. Listen to us on iTunes or PracticallyCulture.com. 
also find us on Facebook. A mini podcast from Practically Culture. Practically Culture Masters of Sex.